0: This is the Thrive Content Clubcast.
1: Hi, and welcome to this episode of Content Clubcast, where we're joined by the brilliant Jasmine Francis, who's Vice President of People and Culture at Thinks, a sustainable period wear brand who aim to break the taboo around periods, to talk all about people and culture, sustainable periods, vulnerability, and the joy that comes from helping others. Enjoy. Jasmine, it's great for you to be here and thank you for your time. I'm I'm really looking forward to this chat. Uh, How are you and how's your new role going? Because you were recently promoted, is that right?
0: I was, I was. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so appreciative for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, And yes, I was. I'm so excited. The role is going really well. Um, I think for the most part, I was operating, my remit was operating the same, I guess I would say as a vice president. So I'm excited that now I have the acknowledgement of that. And so um, we're working on a ton of fun things at things that I can't wait to get into.
1: I can't wait to hear about them. I'm sure that's true. Um, Based on our last conversation and and just for the audience's um, benefit, we first met when Thrive ran our International Women's Day panel. And Jasmine, you shared some amazing insights about how to uh, empower women and encourage people to break the bias both inside and outside of work. And I feel like there's been a really big shift recently um, in the world of work um, where people are focusing more on pe- on their people and the general culture within their organizations, particularly in the light of the pandemic, I think. So I'm hoping we'll be able to dig into that world a little bit more today and that that, that will be the kind of the key interest for people. But first off, um, would you be able to give us a bit of a lowdown on Thinks as a company and, and how you're changing the face of periods and sustainable periods where...
0: Yeah, so big shout out to Thinx. Um, so I joined Thinx um, a little over a year ago, and it's been such an amazing ride. Thinks is very unique in the sense that we are really the first organization to to focus on and acknowledge that there is a taboo around periods um, and people with periods. Number one, I would say also number two, we are the first to really acknowledge that, you know people identify in such different ways. Um, and so we say people with periods, not women with periods, because we recognize, and we are a really inclusive organization, we recognize that people identify in so many different ways, and we want to be respectful of that. And so we are. We have a couple of different lines at Thinks. Um, one is the main Thinks brand, which is focused on Um, sustainable wear um, to support periods and people with periods. I am a huge fan, I will say, of the sleep boxers. They are amazing, the sleep shorts. Um, And then we also have a line uh, for, we call it speaks, and that's to support uh, people who have incontinence. So bladder leaks. I will say I'm also a really big fan of that. I probably wear my speaks more than my things, to be honest. And then thirdly, we have um, a line for you know, tweens, those who are experiencing periods for the first time and and figuring out how to still wear cute, comfortable undies while also supporting the leakage. So um, you know, at Thinks we are all about inclusivity, diversity, um, breaking taboos, having real conversations, and to your point now that we are you know, in the middle slash, hopefully coming out of, of a pandemic, um, there is more acknowledgement and there's more acceptance of having very real conversations about humans. Whereas one thing I do love about Thinks is that we were doing this years and years and years ago is just having very real conversations about the needs of humans and specifically those that have periods.
1: Yeah, and I, I really wish I had had Thinks when I was a teenager. And also those those sleep um, boxes, so I think I'm gonna to have to go and Google those after we've had our conversation. It sounds amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> um and I I suppose all of that, um that good stuff around changing the face of periods, having open conversations, being a bit more human about what humans go through and what people go through really feeds into your role um as vice president of people and culture. So could you give us a bit of a lowdown of what you do in your role, then, um, and how did you arrive where you are today? Yeah, sure, sure. So i will
0: I will answer first the um, how I arrived. I my background is is really in financial services, and so I was in a lot of the big banks um, and investment uh, private equity organizations, and I loved it. There was definitely a period of time where I absolutely loved it. I loved the feeling of of business. And for me, I grew up understanding that working in the working quote unquote business equals success. And so for me, I was very, very intentional about getting into some of the organizations that i was and growing within that industry until i no longer wanted to do it and i realized that there i needed to take a step back and there was definitely a gap in understanding what does jasmine the person want what makes her happy what fulfills her what gives her joy and what am i currently working on and is there a gap and there was and i realized that working in the business you know Uh, financial services industry is great. And it was at one point in time exactly what I wanted to do. However, for me, I'm all about helping people. I'm all about giving back. I'm a very values-driven person. And so I wanted to work at an organization that allowed me to show up as myself authentically, that was very values-driven, that was mission-driven, and then I would be able to work at and know that I was contributing to something greater than kind of helping the rich get richer, per se. And so that was when I took the big jump out of corporate America and switched over to Thinks. Very scary. Yes. Very different. Yes. I was coming from organizations that were, you know, 55,000 people, 35,000 people to an organization that was less than 100. So it was definitely culture shock when I first went in, but culture shock in the most positive way, because I was allowed to be creative in my role and think about what the gaps were and come to the table with solutions. And that's a big part of my current role now, is really understanding where are we moving to as a business, especially now that we have a new partnership with Kimberly Clark, um, who's a great organization as well. What does this look like for us as we continue to grow and scale? How do we bring our people, our employee base along on that journey and let them know that it's going to be okay? We're in a period of change, period, no pun intended, Um, (laughs) but we're in a period of change. And so We want to make sure that some of the foundational things that people love about things remain the same. And how do we provide that change management and that comfort along the way? So from a policy perspective, what does that look like? From an operational perspective, what does that look like? Even the the hiring experience and the onboarding experience, how do we make sure that the new people who are joining things understand this great new partnership? And at the same time, they also understand that as things solely, we operate as such an amazing, unique organization. These are things that we bring to the table. And we've we've picked you intentionally because you have something that we don't currently have within the organization. So from a strategic perspective, that is really my biggest focus um, right now. And then everything that I'm working on on the day-to-day really encompasses that.
1: Yeah, I think it sounds like there's a real kind of challenge there in, in a company the size of things that you're almost at that stage where you're not quite small anymore, but you're not quite really big either. And there's that. And I think that's quite similar to Thrive, actually, that, you know, that, that must be a, a little bit of a transition where you need to have those those policies that you mentioned, but also really think about that culture and and how you're going to carry that on as you continue, presumably, to grow.
0: Exactly, exactly. Culture is, it's, it's really everything. And then, I mean, if you think about it, even from, you know, the lens of diversity, equity and inclusion and, and belonging, how do we make sure that, that we are keeping that front and center? How are we making sure that we're recognizing that to our point earlier, that our employee base, they're humans first before they're employees. And so how do we show up for them as humans and bake that into every single thing that we're doing and not have this expectation that they may not have other responsibilities outside of their their main job?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and how like how do you encourage that? Are there any kind of initiatives you're running or um is it is it just a general kind of communications thing or what what do you do to to do that
0: yeah sure there's a couple of things i mean one of the the first things that i did when i started at things was do i did a revamp of all of the policies that we had um there was definitely opportunity for us to be a little bit more inclusive and more human centered in how they were written and so for example um our bereavement policy like most organizations was 3 days But realistically, if you lose someone, you need more than three days, right? Um, And just like with most policies and other organizations, it was written specifically to say the loss of, you know, prescriptively a parent, a a sibling, a this or that. But if you take a step back, who are we to really define what a relationship that, that warrants time off really is? We aren't, and so we changed that policy to say, it's no longer called bereavement policy, it's called compassionate leave, A. B, you get 10 paid days off instead of three. And lastly, it's for a loved one, whatever that means for you. We also introduced caregiver leave because we recognize that there are people who have other responsibilities outside of the main job. And so we wanna make sure that people can get the time off that they need, 10 paid days to take care of their loved ones whatever capacity that is. We also introduced parental compassionate leave, because we recognize we are a family-friendly organization first, and we recognize that pregnancy loss is real. And we and, and we need to make sure that we acknowledge that, and it we don't want it to be such a taboo topic. And so we want to support our people, no matter who they are and how they identify, to give them that time off. So the, the, those are just a few examples, but we did introduce a lot more policies with that to just show up for the human and the, the the recipients of that were, I mean, it was like everyone was so happy. They were so happy. They felt seen. They felt heard. They felt acknowledged. And I think people are utilizing it and they feel a lot more comfortable saying, I need that time.
1: Yeah. And I bet they're investing their trust more in the brand as yeah. well and, and knowing that they're recognized and seen, like you say. And I love the idea of humanizing policy. Um, because I think traditionally, in my experience in um larger organizations, policy is extremely dry, it's extremely specific. Like you say, in the, the case of the bereavement and um, policy, it's it's almost too restrictive. Um and I think there's there's a real need now to to be more human about everything in general in the workplace and to find that balance. So it's really great to hear. Um, you know what what you're doing and what things are doing in general as well I know like just taking a step back a bit to something that you mentioned previously around how you arrived where you are today you mentioned that you you looked at what was giving you joy or what you what should be giving you joy and whether you had that within your role is that something that's important to you in your work still or I suppose what is important in your work
0: yes That is the most important thing to me. Um, It was something that I had at the bottom of my list for years. It was, it was less about what gives me joy and more about what looks good. And so I have to climb the corporate ladder. I have to do this. I have to take on this project because it's going to mean that I'm really smart or people are going to think that I can handle these things. And, and in the midst of that, I burned myself out completely. And I was so unhappy and there was no joy, but yet the people around me were Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasmine. Like there's a disconnect here, right? Where, where people are perceiving me to be one, way, but I don't feel the way that they're perceiving me to be. And so I had to flip that narrative around and say, what actually gives me joy? Um, and and hopefully people around me see that I'm actually in a place of good, in a place of joy, and they'll be equally as excited for me. Um, and their perception of me will actually be aligned with my reality. And so that's important to me when I'm looking for a role. That's important to me in my role currently at Thinks. Um, and sometimes there's going to be times where you're working on things that just are not super, super exciting. That's the reality of every person's role. There's going to be things that you align to and things you're like, this has to get done. Um, and at the same time of that, finding the joy within those things is what drives me. So when I'm working on something that just has to get done, that may not sound so dreamy and exciting, it's, okay, what am I doing here? I'm ultimately helping humans live the best life that they can in a place that they spend more hours at versus at home and that to me is enough to give me joy and enough to make me feel as though I'm making a difference in these people's lives with their families with their friends how they feel on the weekends is really driven by the decisions that we're making as a people and culture team which is which is powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah and it it sounds like I suppose that comes from a place of great self-awareness as well is that something that you you, maybe you've worked on yourself or maybe you've always been great at that kind of reflection (laughs) no I wish
0: (laughs) no this has been years of therapy (laughs) therapy years of a lot of work on myself um and and you know to be 100% real I still have those days where sometimes I have a decision in front of me and I say Huh, should I do what's going to sound good or should I do what's going to make me happy? And and there are times that I'm very tempted to do what sounds good because I, I want people to know what I'm capable of. And I think that that goes back to the conversation that we had on the panel um, with the organization at Thrive is, you know, being a black woman, it's very easy to feel as though you always have to prove yourself and you want people to know I'm actually smart. I'm actually capable of doing these things. You actually hired the right person. I promise I can do it. And so the, my first instinct when I'm faced with decisions is to pick the harder of the two, because I want to show that I can do it, but that harder decision may not give me joy. And so I'm learning and still in the process of Doing what feels most comfortable to me, whether it's the harder decision or the decision that aligns more with what may give me
1: joy, yeah it's uh, yeah that it sounds like something that it, it takes consistent work and yes. yeah, it's not it's not it doesn't sound easy, and I think there's a kind of a lesson in that that you know it's okay to take that moment of reflection and figure out what's right for you, because I think there's maybe traditionally been um a focus on like you say, pleasing other people and above yourself, um, and that maybe that kind of own focus on you was maybe seen as selfish in some respects, and I, 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 I that's not a view that I um, have agree with now, and I think it's nice to have that ability to say actually I don't want to do this, and this is these are my reasons why, um, but like I say, not easy and something that <laughs> requires a lot of work. Um, I mean it sounds from from the outside it sounds like Thinks is a brilliant organization I love the brand I follow all your social accounts and um I just really I really like what you stand for and um so I so I think it's easy to kind of see why you love working for Thinks but what are you most proud of yourself um working there? That's a really good question um my
0: first inclination would be to say it's twofold. So my first inclination would be to say revamping those policies. I know, you know, when people think HR, they think, you know, people and culture. It's like, you know, policies, blah, blah, blah. But I I strongly I'm I'm very proud. I strongly believe in the transition of those policies because it did change lives. It's changing lives, and I can see every day when an employee says, "You know, I have to take care of my little brother, or I have to take care of a parent," they're not—they're not doing so well. Thank you so much for giving me the ten days of paid leave. I get two weeks to focus on that and not have to worry about work. I've been in those shoes before, and I didn't have that same opportunity. And the stress that it alleviates off of you is like a breath of fresh air. And so it—it it feels really good to have had that autonomy to make that decision. Um, The other part of, the other response of it, the the twofold piece is that um, I'm most proud of showing up and being vulnerable in my day-to-day at things, And that's more of a personal feeling, but I would say I'm so used to, and this kind of goes to what we were speaking about before, I'm so used to showing up as a facade at at my job and and wanting to appear to be a certain way or wearing a quote-unquote mask or face. Um, to always show that I'm being strong or that I can handle it. Whereas at Thinks, one thing that I've worked on very, very well is saying, I'm I'm feeling burnt out today. Can I take a day? Or this project is going to take me a little longer than expected. Um, I may need an additional week and feeling okay with that. And I will give Thinks the full credit that they give me that safe space in order to to raise my hand and say that, but I've never showed up at a company like this before. And it's not easy to be vulnerable, especially as a VP, um, where where there's an expectation that you may have it together. And it's okay to say, I don't have it together today. Um, And that to me is, I would say, my proudest accomplishment is being vulnerable and showing up authentically as myself and knowing that it's okay to not always have the answers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can hear your lovely dog in the background there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose um, from your perspective, it 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 must be reassuring for the people you work with to see that vulnerability reflected in yourself and know that they are then empowered to be vulnerable themselves. Um, and I think that it sounds like you're in your you feel empowered to be vulnerable, but you're also therefore encouraging that in other people as well.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, for me, I'm thinking, wow. I feel like I can actually breathe doing this. And I want my team and others around me to feel this exact same way. I don't want them to come to work feeling stressed. I don't want them to come to work feeling as though they have this project or this deadline, but they're too afraid to say something to me that they're not going to miss it. I want them to feel comfortable to come to me and say, Jasmine, I'm having a harder time than I anticipated on it. Is it okay if I have another day or two? Of course you can. Of course you can. Let's figure it out so to see how I can help you. Cross this finish line um and and that's the type of leadership style that I have I'm definitely all about coaching i'm all about leading with empathy, um and I want greater success for my team than I have for myself, and I will do whatever
1: it takes to to make that happen. yeah, I love that and, I, and when i when I hear people who um i suppose speak the same language in, in my sense of what a, being a good leader looks like, I always think why why would there be any other way? <laughs> And I kind of struggled to think, why would you not want to encourage people to to feel like they have that safe space at work um, and that they can be themselves and they can be honest about things that may, they might be struggling with and recognize that balance and that human side of of everything. It just feels like it makes for a uh, a better outcome for, for everybody.
0: I 100% agree with you. and And you know what? I think, Kind of to what you hit on earlier is that there's a level of self awareness that comes with that, because, like you said, you you are setting the example. So there's work that you have to do in yourself. You have to be in a certain space in order to be able to lead as such, and in order to get to that certain place, there's there's some work. There's some work that has to happen because you have to be aware of your faults and your opportunities, and not everyone is ready to look at themselves in that lens,
1: because um, it can be kind of challenging.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It's definitely tough to do that. I agree. Um, I know you mentioned that you feel empowered to be vulnerable, but is there anything else that empowers you at work or maybe outside of work as well? What empowers you?
0: Oh, that's a good question. What empowers me? Um, Helping others. I think that's hands down. If, if I know that I'm going to change or make an impact or have someone think about a conversation, even if it's a 2 minute conversation then it empowers me to do whatever i can do um you know i growing up i i didn't have a lot of people helping me and i i definitely take it very seriously and i'm very grateful for the fact that i am where i am and i want to spend that time helping helping other people get to where they want to go, because not everyone has the exact same resources and the opportunities as the other. And so if I can provide that opportunity to someone or open a door for someone or say someone's name in a room that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get access to, then
1: by all means, let me do it. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and do you think that's both both sounds quite work oriented, but do you think it's outside of work? You like that as well?
0: Yes, yes, I am. I am. I'm that person. That's. Oh, you're gonna get married. Can I help plan your wedding? (laughs) (laughs) Having a baby shower. Can I plan that too? (laughs) Uh, I yeah. You could definitely ask any of my friends. I I am that person that always raises my hand to help in any way that I can. But one thing for me, talking about self awareness, is sometimes I do raise my hand too much that I burn myself out. And so one thing that I'm working on is is learning that it's okay to say no. And if I say no, it doesn't mean that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I don't want to do it. It just means that I don't have the capacity to do it in a place that is going to be an outcome that I desire without burning myself out. And so that is that is Jasmine's current therapy work. No doesn't mean that I don't care.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a lesson for everyone in that, really. And you know, it's something that a lot of people I know struggle with. Um so, yeah, I think that could be a, a key takeaway from today's chat.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it.
1: Um, well, Jasmine, I've really enjoyed um, talking to you um, as always. Um, if, if anyone does want to kind of continue a conversation with you, are you open to, to people contacting you some way?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if anyone's interested in contacting me, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, first name Jasmine, last name Francis F as in Frank, R-A-N, as in Nancy, C-I-S. And I look forward to connecting with you all. Brilliant.
1: Thanks so much, Jasmine. And everyone, thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Thrive Content Podcast. Visit www.thrivelearning.com for
1: more information. Be bold. Be brave. Thrive.